Hi everyone, John Pagetta here with PT Services Group. Hope you're doing well. And welcome back to season two of the PT Buzz. And we kick off with an episode in a conversation with Bruce and Jordan Johnston from Two Dog Social. And what they do is they help specifically advisors, others as well, but really in that advisor network, work within their LinkedIn behaviors and growth. And it's about building your brand. It's about building your audience. So who you connect with and making sure they're people that you really want to engage with. It's about consistency when it comes to posting and sharing, but doing so in that very thoughtful manner, not just throwing information out there, staying in that thought leadership realm and providing great content to your audience, build your brand consistently and make sure you stay within compliance. They have that compliance awareness. They understand the boundaries, what you can and what you can't do. So it's a great conversation for those that are looking to expand their LinkedIn side of things. Maybe you're struggling to manage it yourself and you're looking for a partner who can really help you do it the right way. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Without further ado, I have Bruce and I have Jordan Johnston with Two Dog Social. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Very excited to be here. No, thank you very much. Appreciate you taking the time. And just for everybody's uh, edification, I am sitting outside today. So if you get some odd background noise, I apologize. I've got a house full of COVID people. So um, any oddities of birds or what have you, my apologies there. So. So let's start with some basics. Can, can one of you kind of tee us off, tell us a little bit about Two Dogs, kind of that 30-second commercial side and what each of you do there? Yeah, John, um, Two Dogs been in business, I guess, for about six years. And what it is, it's it was uh, because of traveling the country, uh, working with financial advisors on their social media uh, strategies and implementing those strategies that we decided we can help uh, on an individual basis. So we've spent an inordinate amount of time, if you will, uh, working with the various platforms that our uh, advisors have to use. So we understand those intimately. And uh, what we do is we help them with the strategy, implement that strategy, and on a daily basis, We'll go in to their accounts. We'll post content for them. We'll invite people to connect with them. We'll send thank yous for connecting and try to lead them down the funnel to a meeting. And the one thing that we don't do and we'd pass it off to PT is actually make a call. Gotcha. Jordan, what about on your side? So Bruce is really the brains of that operation. Um, I came in and realized that um, advisors are needing help with their branding. So we work a lot with building websites, logos, um, branding personal content. So that's kind of my side is I come in and I'm more of the design aspect. So if you need um, anything from logos to business cards, materials, websites, PDFs, <laughs> all of it, that's where I stand. <laughs> Got it. So, so Bruce, one of the things you mentioned, you, you said platforms. I know you and I have historically talked about LinkedIn. Talk about some of the other platforms that you work with advisors on. Well, we work with Facebook business pages. And, and of course, John, these are you know subject to what the firm will allow the advisor to use. Sure. So sure. Twitter, Facebook business pages, LinkedIn, and there are a couple firms out there now that are experimenting with Instagram. Interesting. Anybody doing anything with TikTok yet? Uh, not that I'm aware of. They may be on the personal side, but uh, not on the professional side. Firms aren't uh, you know, allowing that yet. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great point that you bring up, and I'm sure it applies on your side too, Jordan, with, with more of that development of the brand. What you alluded to there, Bruce, is the reality of compliance and what they're allowed to do and, and working with them. Can you, I, I guess, can you share a little bit about how you work with advisors there? Because I think a lot of advisors immediately go to needing to cross that off their mental list before they'll get too involved. Can you can you spend a few minutes there? Yeah, well, you know, what we do, and, and Jordan's is the, the master at this too, is we encourage them to do videos. And our biggest uh, hurdle working with advisors on, in the videos is that they automatically freeze and they think that they have to bring in MGM and Paramount and yeah. have the perfect lighting, et cetera. And we said, well, the most powerful tool that you have in your toolbox is called an iPhone. And all you need to do is put that on your desk and yep. give us a 30-minute to 60-second uh, uh, you know, overview of your business or whatever a specific topic might be hot at that time. And we're finally getting advisors to do that. We're, you know, we're getting over the fear of flying. Yeah. Jordan, can you expand on that a little bit in the sense that we, we see advisors frequently struggle with that line of they don't do anything or it has to be absolutely perfect. Like Bruce was talking about, there's not that willingness to say, hey, it's it's 80 percent of the way there. Let's get it out there and let's keep refining as we go. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that is such a huge part. You know, I get a lot of questions. Okay, what microphone do I need? What, you know, what stand do I need? And you don't you don't need those materials at all. Um, and what I love that we do at Two Dogs is we help you craft your message. So, okay, you need to be on in front of a camera, but we'll sit here and we'll help you walk through, you know, your story that you're trying to share. So that's really, I think, the most important part is making sure that your message is right. Everything else can be outside with the birds in your office, uh, whatever you need, you know, so... Um, um, that's that's where I love, you know, helping is is really crafting your message with your brand. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect, but we'll help you get it there. And I, you know, I think, John, along those lines, is that they they we can modify over time, and also sometimes being human really is, is uh, benefits you. It works to your advantage when a client or a potential client sees you speaking and you flub up or you do something, they go, oh, that person's human, just like me. This is not scripted. Uh, I want to talk with that person. Exactly. Or just like you said, being at your home office, being with your kids in the background, it doesn't have to be you in a suit and tie, uh, you know, be yourself because that's what people are drawn to. Yeah, not having everything choreographed and built in that framework exactly. and just, just showing that genuineness and the willingness to, to, to your point, Bruce and, and Jordan, being human. And, and it's okay. We all do the same things every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And we're not perfect. So, all right. So one of the fascinating things, I think when we first met Bruce, maybe five or six years ago, my first question to you was, all right, explain the name. So <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about the origin story on the name and how the, the business came to be? This is my favorite. I'm going to take this one over. <laughs> Honestly. I'll fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. So the name, Two Dog Social. We are huge into rescue animal lovers, dog lovers specifically. Um, my dad has many stories where I've had him, you know, drive me out to different parts of Oklahoma to pick up stray animals. <laughs> um, but so what they say is that if you have a dog with anxiety, you need to bring in another dog, a friend, to kind of help ease their anxiety, ease their worries. Um, well, worry your second dog when it comes to social media. We help piggyback. We help you design, create your brand. Um, so that's where we kind of come in. Um, 
And I think that was just kind of what clicked for us. And then, you know, two dogs has kind of turned into three, four, <laughs> you know, grown a little bit over the years, but it's always, you know, back to that second dog. So that's where we come in and help. <laughs> uh, very cool. My, my wife owns a little business uh, walking and caring for people's dogs as they travel and can't be there during the day. So oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, that's very got neat. a lot. Got a lot of love for that where we'll get the clean one. Hey, somebody needs me to pick up a stray dog and we'll yeah. find them and it'll be here for a week. And so, I love that. And we, and we try to also, um, you know, portions of our, um, you know, funds, we try to, you know, give to shelters, local shelters in need. Um, we do a lot of uh, donations throughout the year as well, um, you know, from our clients help. So we're, we're very big into giving back. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan actually uh, orchestrated, organized a 5K run in our local community here in Oklahoma uh, to benefit the local shelter. And we didn't think, we, we thought if we had, you know, friends and family show up, that would be 10 people. And I think it, we had two or 300 people show up and raise $5,000 or so for the local shelter. So it was really pretty cool. Very cool. Big day for a local shelter. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a small town definitely. local shelter is huge. Yeah. So, so let's go, let's talk a little bit about advisors and there's two interesting things we've always found is one advisors are not big fans of marketing. That's not why they got in the business. They got in the business to advise, to sit across from somebody, share wisdom, help people implement change lives. That's why they got into it. But the reality is the only time they have the opportunity to do that is they market and they sell their services. And so can you talk a little bit about some of the struggles advisors go through as you engage and some of the hurdles they need to overcome and ways that I guess you help people get maybe that 80%, they're comfortable enough to engage, get past the, the their own head trash, as we like to call it, and and get going and start to see some some impact from it. I, you know, John, it's, it's interesting working with these guys. First of all, we sit down with them and we talk with them about their, their target audience. You know, who are they, who are they focused on? What, you know, is it the C-suite? Is it the employees or whatever the case might be? Um, we get over that hurdle and then we talk about content. What type of content that they want to have out there? The other hurdle that we have with them is that this is about building your brand as much as it is about creating leads. I would think if we delineated the two businesses, PT services and two dog social, we would lead them to you and you would make the phone call, uh, on behalf of the advisor. Uh, we don't, we don't do that. We just don't want to put ourselves in that position. So that's the hard part working with the advisors that getting them comfortable with, okay, we're going to put messages out there. I'm okay with that. And then what we do and we found over the time is that we'd like to meet with them. Uh, we have one client that's been a long time client. We meet with them twice a week. It's too much. Okay. But, but that's what he likes. And so that's what we do, you know, and, and now we've got it down to instead of 30 minute calls, it's a, it's a few five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that, cover the bases and then we're on to it. But meeting is important. Once every other week, uh, is preferable to just talk about it because most advisors, to your point earlier, they're thinking about leads, clients. They're not thinking about what it takes to get your brand out there, to get the, your firm's brand out there, and you get a comfort level created with clients before they'll talk with you. 
Sure, sure. But I think, Jordan, one of the really hard parts about what you do is there's not a, there's not a short term clock on what you do. It's, it's patience. It's long term. Absolutely it comes with time, and that can be hard for somebody who's you know we live in that urgency addicted world of what happens now. I put up a billboard today. I want to see leads tomorrow. You know, there's sort of that that element to it. Can you talk about how you help them with sort of that patience hurdle and understanding the long term value in what you do? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, one thing that we, as Bruce mentioned, is we're always monitoring. Um, what's going on on social. So we're able to once a week discuss, okay, these are the wins. We've connected with X amount of clients. You've reached out to X amount of or potential leads, excuse me. Um, so that way they can see the value. Okay, we're actually getting out there. My message is getting out there. You know, uh, we also post on LinkedIn. So you're able to see how many people have liked, how many people have commented. So seeing those little wins, you know, growing and snowballing into the big you know, obviously end goal of a lead, um, I think really helps kind of see the whole process playing out. Um, and that's what Bruce and I, we've really developed that over the years is what what is the best way to visually see these um, little goals, you know, turn into big actions. And I think that's been, been the best thing for us and for our clients. Yeah. I, I think one of the things in, in combination with what Bruce touched on with that regular interaction with them, it gives you that opportunity to reinforce, review those measures and kind of keep them on course, if you will. Which Yeah. But then cool. also, you know, it helps build our relationship as they get to understand who we are and we get to understand their voice. Um, as Bruce mentioned, we have some clients that we really speak with them maybe once a month because they've gotten comfortable with how, um, you know, we write for them. We, we've kind of taken their voice and, and put it out, you know, onto social media. So, um, I think that's just as important as really, you know, building that relationship between us and them as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I know in our space, uh, if we build a uh, sort of a PT client profile, in theory, we can say, well, we can help anybody. But in reality, it kind of narrows itself over time. Can you can you talk a little bit about the typical advisor or somebody listening in that's trying to say, do I see myself in people that work with two dogs? Talk a little bit about that profile of the advisor and the, and I guess the, the type of advisor you tend to work with. You know, that's, it's interesting, John, we have them from all walks of life. You know, there isn't like the quintessential advisor, I guess, if you, if you want to step back from that and then say, okay, it would have to be somebody that understands they need to build their brand. And that being affiliated with a large broker dealer isn't building their brand. It's building the brand of the broker dealer. Now, how do you carve yourself out? And so that's what we talk with them about. And, um, we have had clients that are young and we've had clients that are in their seventies. So we, we run the gamut, uh, there and, uh, explaining to them how we can help them. So it's just, it's just like, like, cookie cutter and and then we'll do things like to back to jordan's point there was like yesterday for example we have a client that said you know what i need to post this would you post it for me of course we post it and then we come back and we say well you know what it's only been posted for two hours but there's been 400 impressions already on linkedin mm -hmm. and the client goes is that good I said, well, I only have 75 followers, okay, on LinkedIn. So think about that. And, and what we did, what we did to magnify or give that piece lift is we called out some of the firms. And one of the firms that they were working with, it was very important. We managed to 
connect with a lot of their executives. So their executives saw it and the firm saw it and that got the boost. Good stuff. So w- w- one of the, <laughs> one of the aspects I, I talked a little bit about my wife and, and naturally our, our kids over the years got involved with walking dogs and doing things like that. Um, we talked to a lot of groups, a lot of the advisor groups we work with are family run, obviously, so is two dogs. Can you can you talk a little bit about the family run aspect side of two dogs, the advantages, the struggles, and and kind of how it plays well for the two of you? You know, we were laughing at this question with me having a three month old. That's the biggest struggle is me showing up for work. <laughs> that's, that's the struggle. <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, Bruce and I, he's been my best friend since day one. So, uh, you know, we've always loved working together. So when we decided to start Two Dog Social, there hasn't been many struggles except for when I don't show up for work. Um, but, you know, with us starting our business, uh, it's it's been such a great experience working with him. And I've learned so much um, that I don't think we really have had many family struggles. Um, It does help that I'm in Dallas and he's in Oklahoma. So we don't have to go into an office every single day Um, that he's still, I, you know, we speak every hour, um, you know, about everything that's going on. So in reality, I don't think we have many family struggles, um, you know, when it comes to that. Um, Do you have anything to add, Bruce? No, I, you know, I, I say the same thing. And then, you know, we do deal, John, with a lot of family run businesses from a financial advisor standpoint. And I think over the years, I may have detected frustration from a couple of, or one of the clients that we work with, but it was just a, you know, a, a minor real quick thing and everything else came together. And it was between those two. Uh, and you could tell that there was some, you know, some angst between the two of them, but they worked it out, you know. So for the most part, you know, the family operations on the financial services side with advisors, they're, they work pretty good. They're pretty streamlined. And I think a lot of that is because of, of the industry that we're in. I mean, they're, they're focused on working with their clients, doing the best they can for their clients, and they understand their guardrails that they have to work with it. And, and I, and I think that was one of the things that, that Jordan learned early on is, you know, compliance. Uh, you know, what is that? You know, and it's like, well, and, and for those that aren't in the financial services industry, it's kind of like, hmm, you know, uh, compliance, so what? But it is a serious thing within our industry. So that was one thing that she had to, she learned. It's, learned and it's about. funny because there's times now that I'll tell Bruce, no, you, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, he, he used to have to tell me, no, that's not, you know, now it's me. Nope, you can't do that, Bruce. <laughs> and he's the one with 30 plus years of experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what's also tough about that is every company does it a little bit differently. And, and some are narrow on certain things and wide open on others. And so it gets amplified in, in that regard. So, well, yeah. And we see that across the board, um, John, with the various firms. So we've made it, you know, one of the things that we have to understand is that, you know, the XYZ firm, ABC firm, there's nuances there. And we understand those nuances. And in fact, we talk with some advisors and they go, gee, I didn't realize I could do that. You know, and yes, yes, you can. Because, you know, in our business, social media got off on the wrong foot because it was like, here it is, leverage it. And then they started to leverage it. And then compliance came back and said, oh, but you can't leverage it like that. Yep. So a lot of people just threw up their hands and said, you know what, I'm not going to do this at all. And 
and then what of course happened is that five years into it, they all come, uh oh, I missed gotta the do this. Yeah. I gotta do this, you know. Yeah, so those gotta, those that fought through those struggles up front and didn't give up, it, it paid a lot of dividends for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So if I'm an advisor listening in and maybe I'm not maybe I'm more on the front end of brand building. So I may work for a, a broker dealer like an Emeritus or something like that. And that's kind of the name I've hung my shingle on. Maybe I've branded my office. Maybe I haven't. Just talk me through a little bit of that starting realm. So an advisor that's starting to try and figure that out, how do you start a conversation with them? And how do you kind of get them through some of those initial starting points and things to think about? Well, most of them, I mean, we start with, you, let's talk about your clients. Let's talk about your ideal client. Who do you work best with? And what kind of messaging are those folks looking for? So, you know, we, we work a lot, as you do, John, on the retirement side. So what's the messaging that you want to deliver to your, uh, you know, HR uh representatives, you know, the HR executives in the firms, the benefits people in the firm. Is it about employee wellness? Is it is about employee benefits? That's a big thing right now. Uh, so we hone in on that and then we begin to build their brand accordingly. So we'll go out and find content uh, from the various, uh, you know, publications out there and begin to post those with with some twists in there, meaning that we put their voice into that content, okay, so that they can be, build their brand, uh, you know, and then that may come in the form of uh, an intro into an article or maybe come in the form of a question on an article, that type of thing. And then, and so that's how we start out with the advisors. And then, then what happens is in some cases, not all cases, but they'll be monitoring what we're doing, which which we welcome and those that don't that's okay because we give them a report on a monthly basis anyway to show what we've done but those that monitor then they'll give us some, some input they'll say hey didn't particularly care for that or didn't like that or this is the we need to change this we need to change that so it's very free-flowing and i think something that's really important what you talked about is the personalization um, there's so many platforms out there. There's so much content um, that's really cookie cutter that, you know, you and your neighbor have the same piece out there with the same intro, the same hashtags. What we really focus on is the indiviz- individualization um, for each advisor of, okay, this spin on this, you know, no one's going to have that same message, even if they're in the same branch, um, you know, because it's it's tailored to them specifically. So I think that's something that's um, a big value piece that a lot of advisors really um you know, are looking for when, you know, they find someone like two dog social and what we really help with. Yeah. We, 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 uh, we add ourselves to a lot of drips from advisors in the field, seeing what kinds of information they're pushing out. And we frequently see the same pieces of information mm-hmm. come at us. It has their name on it, their office, their address, their phone. Otherwise it's the exact same piece. Yeah, and There's so much name. more to it than just changing your name and your logo. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what we really pride ourselves on is, you know, helping them with branding. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things I know, Bruce, you and I have talked a little bit about it over the years. There's a handful of influencers I like to follow, people that I gain information from a marketing and a sales side. And I I guess what I find from that is, is one, I see some trends that I might not otherwise see. Two, some of the things I'm thinking, it helps me know that I'm not crazy. Meaning other people are out there doing sometimes. It sometimes. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. 
So Gary Vee is an example of that. I'm a big Gary Vee fan. Um, John Burroughs is a, a good example of that. He's more on the pure sales side. Um, talk a little bit about maybe some of those influencers or, or people you steer your clientele and prospects to, to, to get some additional information to think about and, and ways to get them to change their mindset a little bit. Well, you know, like it's interesting. You mentioned Gary V. Um, we, we watch Gary V. Jordan watches Gary V. In fact, she had a, a high school classmate that actually worked for Gary V. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in the early days. Uh, I mean, Jordan, wasn't she there like after six months that Gary V. started her his yep. business? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Definitely. So we get the real insight from her. On <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's really going on? Yeah, is this guy yeah. really crazy or is he just that <laughs> crazy when he's online like that? So, and, you know, that's definitely one. Um, you know, and I have a tendency, John, to, to look at the industry. And it's not that we, every one of our clients is a financial advisor. We have a variety of other clients uh, out there from different walks of life. But I'll look at, I'll look at uh, Michael Ketchis. Um, he's got some interesting uh, stuff that he puts out with regards to social, uh, social media um, and, and the importance of social media. I'll look at uh, periodically Plan Advisor, or, or one of those publications will have some research on social media that they put out. I like those because it's generally germane to the financial services industry and it's um, void of we can't do that <laughs> content or, or information that comes out. So um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, you know, going to say like, okay, so I, I watch these guys like a Gary V religiously because a lot of that we can't implement. Sure. The financial services world. But it's fun to watch them uh, and, and see how they, they'll build their brand out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think with my generation, I'm always on in Instagram, you know, TikTok, as we talked about. Um, so I follow just an, a range of people, you know, things from uh, Mel Robbins. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her. Um, you know, she's more a mindset. So getting yourself, you know, for your business, you know, getting prepared for that. I follow a lot of micro influencers as well, um, just to see kind of what, you know, you see these big influencers and you want to be like them, you want to do what they're doing, but sometimes the step in between, there needs to be, you know, some space. So I follow micro influencers, um, anybody from like a direct sales, because, you know, they're following trends because their main, you know, focus is on social media. Um, you know, we, I look I mean, everything from, you know, mothers to business owners to, uh, you know, all over the board, just to find kind of what's going on, what the trends are. And Bruce said, you know, some of these things we can't implement, but when I watch them, I can always spin something to make things work, you know? So that's kind of where I come in is like, okay, well, I've seen this, we can spin this to make this work for compliance, make this work, um, you know, for our advisors or for our other, you know, clients. So I'm kind of all over the board when it comes to to following. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the, and I don't know if you, there's other resources to think about. One of the things we think about is uh, obviously our services are more about cold introductions. And there was a book put out a few years ago by Malcolm Gladwell called "Talking to Strangers," and it really amplified some of the discomfort, awkwardness, first date mentality that goes into getting to know somebody. And especially when our clients are more used to a referral or a center of influence introduction, we find up front, they tend to struggle with what we do. Um, are there any other resources you point people to or any other things that, that you look to, uh, I guess, provide or help with support on? 
We, you know, John, we don't because generally what happens, not generally, what happens is that people say, hey, do this for us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we yeah. go, okay. They, they really, you know, with, with financial advisors, I'll go back to the point you made earlier. They're looking for leads. They're looking for new clients. That's where they're focused. Okay. So they don't want to learn the ins and outs of social media marketing. And so we very rarely have that discussion. We have one client that goes deep and we did one thing with them, which I, it was kind of unique is that we started taking the LinkedIn posts and connecting those posts to their website. That's interesting. Okay. Which people say you shouldn't do that because you're taking the people off of LinkedIn onto the website. We don't care because it's going from that client's LinkedIn profile to that client's link, uh, website. And what we saw was a spike. Okay. And then and we experimented with this and then said, okay, let's go for a week and not do that. And we're generally posting three, two to three times a week for a client that, that, you know, and then uh, several more times on their LinkedIn page. So we would go a, a, a week without linking it. Boom. We saw the drop. And so it's kind of interesting watching that stuff, but we, but we do that behind the scenes. That's my point. Is that yeah, no, advisors I mean, are going, hey man, I'm into you know the market's up today, the market's down today, and I got two new clients that own a business and they're bringing in X number of assets. They're and, hiring you to do what you do, and yeah, exactly. And and you know we don't you know, and a lot of people will say, well, tell us about how well you're doing for your clients. How much new assets have, you know, what's interesting, and maybe you guys find the same thing. They don't tell us when there's a win. They tell us, however, when there isn't a win, <laughs> that hey, <laughs> we, we need this, you know, and then we find out after the fact that, oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you that we brought in three new accounts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to sort of pull it out of our clients. We have a an every 90 day, we have an ROI call with them to to learn. Otherwise, we'd never know. And we had one client and he was, he started out by trying to joke about this, but it was really the, the truth behind it. He was like, well, I didn't want to share because I thought you'd raise my rates. Oh. We said, no, we, we want to know you're doing okay. I want to know okay. we're doing our job. <laughs> yeah. And, and we want to be able to share the story without, yeah, you know. Yeah, the wins. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you know, to that point, you know, I had somebody a few weeks ago we were talking with, uh, interviewing, and they said, "Well, I'm talking with this one company, and they tell me that they can assure me that I can get 15 leads per month." Yeah. How many leads can you get? And I'm like, "Well, we don't advertise that we're going to get you a bunch of leads." I said, "But let me rethink this." And I, I was looking at the spreadsheet, and I said, "So we sent out 110 invitations for." a client last month and they had 58 people accept the invitation on LinkedIn. That's a pretty good percent percentage, you know? And so I said, now it's up to you. And maybe this is where you should bring in PT services to make a phone call, to those 58 people to get you the meetings, you know? So that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. And we point that out to folks and then we'll go on your LinkedIn page we sent out a hundred invitations and we had a 30%. LinkedIn will tell you anywhere from uh, eight to 15% is a good uh, acceptance rate for your invitations. And we're, we're traditionally 30% and higher. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about, Jordan, with that, that patient side, it takes time. And then there's also that element of, of ongoing engagement, but also providing those numbers, letting them know how they're doing and, and what, 
can come with that over time if they if they stick to it. So yeah. So before I let you guys go, I, I guess open floor. There are a couple other things you'd want to make sure advisors hear about what you do and things we haven't talked about. Where you'd say, hey, obviously we're going to steer them back to you for a conversation. We'll make sure they have all the ability to contact you um, when we post the podcast. But what other couple of things would you like to make sure people know that we haven't talked about? The, well, I think, uh, John, and this is a real-life example that happened to us in the last couple of months, is advisors have clients or opportunities where they could use our services as well. And so, like Jordan said earlier, you know, we deal with financial advisors, but we deal with, we deal with uh, uh, athletes. Uh, we, we write LinkedIn profiles for student athletes, and we stay within the compliance of the NCAA, so we charge them. <laughs> okay, for those services, we give them a student rate, however. We've worked with the USTA and uh, professional tennis tournaments. We're now in the process of this opportunity came from a um, branch manager that I made a presentation in his branch to several years ago, and it was an opportunity to start working on a site that was going to be a career development site for athletes that are in the Olympic sports at this particular university. So those that have played tennis, volleyball, you know, uh, lacrosse, those kinds of things, and it became a. It's, we're developing this as the resource center. So the, the um, athlete comes there and they can download one of 24 documents to help them with their career path. You know, and so we have we have another client that is um, in Israel that is a um, in the film uh, and it's augmented reality or, you know, a artificial intelligence. And they've just signed a contract with Netflix for their movie. It will be released sometime this month. So we work with them. And so some of these things have come from the financial advisors and having the clients. So that's that's how you got to, you know, I think I want to get people thinking along those lines as well. Sure, we work with financial advisors, but boy, it's the Wild West when you get outside of compliance. <laughs> we, we can do anything we want. And Jordan goes, hey, I like Can't do that. <laughs> Jordan, anything else you'd want to throw at, throw at the audience before I let you go? No, I think that that was pretty pretty spot on. What Bruce said is that we do work with an array of um, of individuals, and um, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's great working with Bruce. You know, we've had a lot of fun over these last six years, and I'm uh, looking forward to continue continuing on together. So, I, I, I guess John, a couple of couple of uh, other examples that are crazy is that we worked with a company that um, is a hedge a hedging company, not a hedge fund, but a hedging company. So we knew more about the price of jet fuel for Southwest Airlines than most people, yeah. or what that aluminum costs for your white claw. The white claws, most, yeah. yeah, than most <laughs> people. Did. And then we also worked with an energy company that um, is heavily involved with the mining of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. Like we're we're like you're right in the middle of this, and we're watching, you know, the, the price of Bitcoin go down and go. Geez, are we going to have him as a client for a long? Should we do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the articles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's this going to go? Yeah, yeah, we, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, we've had those where obviously our our core is that financial insurance space, but we've had others reach out. We had a, a group out in New York City reach out and said, "Hey, there's a." A new regulation here around uh, roofing and what buildings are permitted to um, put out in terms of, of carbon. 
And so they wanted to go through calling all these building managers and trying to get in the door to help them adjust and adapt. And so those are kind of fun, though, too. They bring a different level of energy. And so it's all good well, stuff. Well, I, I think, John, you know, coming up, I put a uh, I put a post out last week on uh, LinkedIn. Are you ready for this? You know, and, and DOC had that song back in the 80s. You know, are you ready for this? Yep. Well, are you ready for the new advertising rules that will be implemented November 4th? That are going to allow you to use testimonials and those and do uh, hypotheticals and those types of things. You know, and I know Satera is, is spending some time working with their advisors on that, but I haven't heard a lot from the other firms. But this will hit November fourth, boom! And it's going. Are you ready for this? You know, because you're going to see you're going to see financial advisors jump on it. Yeah, and I think almost like you talk about social media, you'll see a few that jump on it and fight through it, and you'll see others that sort of play around with it and then wait for the dynamic to be built by somebody else and then come on board. So it's always interesting in that regard. Yeah, Jordan, Bruce, can't thank you enough. Greatly appreciate the time. Um, as I mentioned, we'll have all those resources for everybody to go to relative to the podcast for both of you, contact information, website, um, ways to get in touch, have that first conversation and, and see if there's a good fit for them. Thank you, John. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, everybody. Really appreciate you joining in the conversation with me, Bruce, Jordan, and Two Dog Social. And feel free to reach out to Bruce or Jordan. All their contact information will be listed here at the podcast. They are terrific at that upfront conversation, helping you understand what it is they can do specifically for your circumstances, how they can help anything they can't do, and really getting you to that doorstep of understanding the value in a partnership with them so you can determine what's best for you and your practice. So please visit us at the ptservicesgroup.com backslash buzz. All our prior episodes are there. Let us know what you think. Please provide some comments and thoughts. Anybody you'd like me to reach out to to talk with in the future, keeping in mind we really try and focus in on ways you can build your brand, grow your business, and acquire new clients. And love to hear from you on any subject matter that you'd like me to engage with. So thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Take care now.